just as ugly as in the beginning. So I awoke. Also I saw in my dream seven heads came up on the stalk, full and good. Then seven heads withered and thin and blighted by the east wind sprang up after them, and the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. And I, uh, so I told this to the magicians, but they were there was no one who could explain it to me. So Pharaoh gives Joseph some more details in this passage. You know, after after those cows, the the, the scrawny cows ate up the fat cows. You couldn't even tell that they that they they would get fat. The significance is the leanness will be what it is. The leanness is going to be dominant, is what this these dreams are saying. The the lean are going to be dominant. In other words, the famine is going to eat up the fat. Okay. God is speaking of famine here. I'm sorry. Famine. It's going to be extensive. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be nasty. And we know that it's going to be all the world. Genesis uh, 25 through 32, Joseph's going to give the interpretation to Pharaoh's dreams. You notice he didn't say, Pharaoh, give, give me three days and I'll come back to you. No, no, he doesn't immediately because he's already given God the glory. He's already said, it's not me that interprets dreams. God has told you, Pharaoh, what's going to happen. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. God is speaking to an ungodly king. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one, and the seven thin and ugly cows which come up after them are seven years, and the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will rise, and all, all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. In other words, it's going to be nasty. And the famine will deplete the land. It's going to be bad. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine fall. They're going to forget all about the seven years prior because the famine is going to be so... So, so disastrous. They're going to lose weight. That's all there is to it. The dream was repeated to Joseph twice because the thing is established by God. It's repeated twice because God wants them to know. God wants them to know. You know, when Jesus says, truly I say to you, twice, when he calls your name, Mary, Mary twice, he means it. When God says, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he means it. Because I am is the word ego, and the I am is he me, which is the word. God is, Jesus is saying, I, I am the bread of life. In other words, he's, it's repeated over. He's trying to drive home a point here. 
That's why the Greek says ego e me. Ego, I am, I, and then e me, which says I am. So Jesus is saying, I, I am the bread of life. I, I am the resurrection of life and the life. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, I am the door. I, I am the shepherd, the good shepherd. See, he's driving home a point. When God says something twice, he means it. He's driving it home. God says something, church. Even if it's written in his word, he means it. If he says I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he says he, he heals the, the, the sick in the Old Testament, the New Testament, then he heals the sick and the lame. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe it, it won't happen. Hebrews 4, 4 2 says this. The same gospel was preached to them as it was to us, only it did not prosper because it was not mixed with faith. So if you say God can't heal you, I'm going to tell you what, unless he's merciful, you'll never be healed. You have to have faith. Have faith in God. If you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you prayed will happen, God will grant it to you. For nothing is impossible with God. Have faith, church. Without faith, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't mix it with faith. You know what faith is? Believing before you receive believing like Abraham he was saved by faith he believed even though he didn't see it God said it that settles it it's going to happen God says that someday the trumpet's going to sound the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air guess what we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air after the dead in Christ are raised up. But if you, if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, you'll find out that the dead in Christ are already with him when he comes back. He's just going to resurrect their body just like Jesus' body was resurrected in the tomb. He was already out doing work even though his body was in the tomb. But when he came back, he came back. It's a picture of of us we're going to be our bodies will be resurrected from the grave but our spirits are already in heaven god said it it's going to happen church you just got to believe it joseph gives full credit to god it's important a man is never more like satan than when he steals god's glory you can't steal God's glory. If God, you lay your hands, I said this before, if you lay your hands on the sick and they recover, do not steal God's glory because you're going to be just like Satan. That's what he's trying to do, steal God's glory. Yet the scriptures are very clear that nobody is going to steal God's glory. Nobody. Isaiah 48.11 tells us that. Let's see. Let me turn to Isaiah 48.11. Forty-eight, eleven. here it is. For my own sake, and for my own sake, this is God talking, it's capital my, I will act, for how can my name be profaned, and my glory I will not give to another. 
don't take God's glory, church. You know what? That's repeated twice in Isaiah 42.8. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. That's it. He's not going to, don't, don't, don't give, don't give glory to yourself, because you'll be just like Satan. That's the worst thing you can do. The the two dreams are one, but there's an interpretation here. There's going to be seven years of famine uh, followed, I mean, seven years of of, uh, plenty and followed by seven years of famine. If you went to Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8, God tells us to be like the ant that she stores up in summer for winter. That's what Joseph is about to do. He's going to store up in these seven years of plenty for the lean times that are going to come. The winter is going to come. In this case, it's famine is going to come. Okay? Famine will be prevailing and widespread. It's ugly. Leanness is going to be dominant as never seen before. Because when the fat cow, the, the scrawny cows ate up the fat cows, they couldn't even tell. Couldn't even tell. Verses 33 through 36. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him, um, I lost my place, and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming, and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep the food in the cities, and that food shall be a res- as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. Listen. Joseph is setting up a plan. He's going to tax the people 20%, not 10%, church. What if you had to give 20% to the Lord in tithe? You really, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees actually gave over 30%. You know what? You, and it's very rare in the church, very few people tithe, you know, and this is not a tithe message. Believe me, God says, test me in this and see if I won't open up the, the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so great among you that you can't re- retain it. That's in Malachi. Test him. You don't want to give your 10%? Test him and see what he does. You might, just, you might just get a check in the mail for who knows what to cover that plus more. I don't know. All I know is God says, test me in this. Do you really trust him? Well, let's give it a try. If he don't do it, don't give. But I, I believe he will. I said in a message on that. I'm telling you what. Joseph is saying, listen, these seven years are going to be bad. There's going to be seven years of plenty. Seven years of bad. We better make sure we have enough. Because all the other nations are going to come to us. Joseph is, I believe, is foreseeing all this. That's 20%. In other words, if, if you had 100 pounds of, of wheat, the, you know, Joseph took 20 pounds of it. Okay, 
And then look at this. Let him keep the food in the cities. He didn't just say, hey, come to the capital city where Pharaoh reigns. No, Joseph was wise enough to set up distributing points in each and every city, you know, around, around uh, Egypt. So there's not going to be a distribution problem here because Joseph has already foreseen that. He learned that by his administration skills and, and uh, leadership skills in prison and in Potiphar's house. And probably a little from his dad also. God's gifted him. And many nations are going to be saved. He's going to save lives. And you know what Joseph means? God will add. He's going to save life. He's going to add life to these people that should be dead because of the famine being so great. And now what's going to happen? It's going to drive his dad and, and, and brothers down to Egypt to get grain, and therefore the dreams are going to be revealed to Joseph But 20-some years later. Joseph's proposal is gives Joseph, um, God's given Joseph a word of wisdom. Here, Joseph is already presenting a plan before Pharaoh. Okay? He said, here's how you solve it. Set a wise, discreet man over all the land. Let him appoint officers. In other words, delegate authority and leadership. Okay? Collect 20%, one-fifth of all the food during the seven years. Give it to Pharaoh to distribute in the years of famine. And not only that, it's going to make Egypt rich because they aren't going to get it for free. To save people's lives, God isn't in care of the money. Don't don't get that idea of that. God don't care less about could care less about the money. He say he's going to save lives, save nations. They're going to live off the reserves for a length of seven more years when the drought, when the when the uh, when the um, famine comes. Here's verse 37 through 45. So the advice was good in Pharaoh's eyes and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh, notice that Pharaoh doesn't doubt. He, this dream makes sense to him now because Joseph, through God, revealed it to Joseph and Joseph revealed it to Pharaoh. Now this dream makes sense. All the other magicians obviously didn't make any sense. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a man as this? And whom the Spirit is the Spirit of God. Remember last chapter? About five or six times in the first couple verse, everybody saw that God was blessing Joseph. The jailer, Potiphar, you know, God was with Joseph. And here's what Pharaoh's saying. We need a God, a man who's, who has the Spirit of God in him. Okay? By the way, if let's go to your King James or New King James, um, it's it's capitalized there. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is in Daniel or in Joseph. The Holy Spirit is there. Then then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning." and as wise as you. 
You shall be over my house, and my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his signet ring off his hand and put it in Joseph's hand. And he clothed him with garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow and kneel, so that he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man will lift up a hand or a foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath-Paneah, and he gave him as a wife, Asnath, Asnath, the daughter of Pati Pharaoh, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. The signet ring, that's the seal. You know, if Joseph wrote a law, he sealed it with wax and the signet ring. He had all the, he was in charge. The best you can liken this to is the prime minister. He's in charge. They, they, Pharaoh's just a figurehead, you know, but he's still in charge. He rules over Joseph, but he's letting Joseph rule everything. Because Joseph did it in Polypher's house. Joseph did it in prison. So, he's, he's actually, Pharaoh has, has chosen uh, Joseph uh, to, to uh, rule over the land. Unbelievable. Pharaoh appoints him in second in command. Joseph. key credential to Pharaoh was a man in whom the Spirit of God is. He, you know what made him choose Joseph? His relationship to God. Don't be surprised if you're living a righteous life in your job and you don't be surprised if you get to promote it. Don't get too unsurprised if you don't get promoted either because you might have a learning thing to do. You know, I took a little survey of the most of the pastors I know, you know, today, and I noticed that they really started out as janitors, a lot of them. They did. They started out as, you know, cleaning floors and cleaning toilets and doing all, all things like that because they're servants. And Joseph was a servant to Potiphar. Joseph was a servant to the jailer. And Joseph is now a servant to, to um, Pharaoh. You know why? Because he was a servant to God. God gives revelation to Joseph today. Like I said, it's like in the prime minister. Joseph's relationship to God is what promotes him. Here's Psalm 75, 6 and 7. Exaltation comes neither from the east or from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts the other. God's in charge. Zephaniah, Pharaoh renames him, okay? Which he's Zephaniah, Daphnath, Paneah, flourisher of two lands is what it means. Actually, I have a better meaning than that, but I can't find it. I wrote it down and forgot. I must have been laying on my chair back there. 
Here's Joseph. He's, he goes from, that's the name of this message, really, is, um, is what was it, prisoner to, prisoner to, to, uh, like the White House, you know, prisoner to the palace. But I've got a better one for him. He went from zero to hero. It was zero to hero because now he's a hero. He's 30 years old. By the way, remind you of someone who started his ministry? How old was he? Oh, yeah, Jesus. He was 30 years old when he began his ministry. Here's Joseph beginning his ministry. He's 30 years old. He's not going to run into his family because there's plenty now for seven years. And it's probably going to be three, maybe four years into it before his family is sent to Egypt. So you're talking a long time, 20 years, before he ever sees his brothers or his dad. Okay? Joseph was 30 years old, verse 46, when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities and laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. And Joseph gathered very much grain as the sands of the sea, and he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. That was a great time of plenty, I'll tell you that. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came from Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called his name, the name of his firstborn, Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. You know how you know how Joseph did it? He did it the way Paul Paul did it. Forget what's behind, and he pressed on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's how he did it. And he names his first son. God has made me forget all the toil up until this time. And then, verse 52, And then the name of his second son was called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. That's what Ephraim means, fruitfulness. Joseph names his sons after his course in life. Joseph begins to rule at 30. God has been preparing him for thir- you know the past 13 years. You know, this bondage that he was in produced character for him. Here's, some, here's a quote that someone once said. God prepares great men by using great trials. Most men fall short of greatness because they're unwilling to endure the, the greatness of the trials. In other words, they fall short. God's made him forget his trials. And we'll finish up here the last four verses. Then the seven years of plenty, which were in the lands of Egypt, ended, and the seven years of famine began to come. Joseph had said the famine was in all the lands, 
But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Whatever he says to do, do. And famine was over all the face of the earth. All the earth, church, all the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. The, the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all countries came to Joseph and Egypt to buy grain because the famine was so severe in all the land. God's word is fulfilled. The dreams have come true. We saw the dream. We saw the dream of the butler and the baker come true. We saw the the truth that uh, the dream of Pharaoh come true. And we will see in the next following chapters the sheaves and the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down before Joseph. We will see that they came true too. Joseph is a true prophet. He said what he says. God has done. God is Joseph is prophesying the words of God. The famine is in all the lands, but yet Egypt has grain. And all the nations are flocking now to Egypt because there's food. You know how news travels pretty fast. Joseph oversees all these transactions. His administration skills built by his trials. And we could take a life lesson from that. And that is, never underestimate God's purposes in your life. Whatever's happening, don't underestimate it. Let me review real quickly um, five ways that Joseph is typifying Christ. Okay? Both were exalted after being having suffered. Joseph and Jesus. Both were, both of them take a Gentile bride. Jesus took a bride from the Gentiles. Remember Isaiah 9? People, the people dwelling in darkness see a great light. They're talking about the Gentiles. Both began their ministry when they were 30 years old. Both made provision for all the nations. Jesus provided a way of salvation for everyone over the air, for everyone in this church. And he has provided a way of salvation through Joseph for all the land of Egypt and the, and the surrounding countries. Both vested with all authority. Jesus was given all authority. And so was Joseph. Second to Pharaoh. And guess who Jesus is second to? God the Father. What beautiful pictures we see in God's word. A lot of people just reading. You're, you're on your, I, I suggested if you can read the Bible in a year, great. That's great. But don't read so fast that you miss all the beauty of God's Word. As, you know, with, there's some deep stuff we, we saw here tonight, but there's, it's a lot deeper than what you already saw. Believe me. Because the Word of God is so deep, the, the baby, uh, the scholar can never touch bottom, yet so shallow the baby will never drown. Where do you want to wallow? In the puddles of God's Word? Or do you want to wallow in the... You want to swim in the deep things of God and look for those great pearls that are at the bottom. 
Amen is right. I love you all out there. Let's pray, and we'll close. Father God, I pray that your word just soaks into us tonight while we sleep, and we can see the beautiful picture you painted of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we study what you have uh, what what you have done with Joseph's life. Father God, we just thank you and praise you. Joseph has a lot of scars, but they didn't dictate where his, what his life was going to be like. Lord, help us. We have many scars, Lord, but don't let those scars dictate to us where we're going. Let us come out from the scars and let them make us the men, the women of God that you want us to be. To you be the glory, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, church. I love you. Tune in Sunday at 10 a.m. Amen.